Welcome to episode number 23 of the Beyond 24 Days podcast. We're calling this one, Don't Be a Jerk. No, we're calling it, Just Be Nice. Oh, yeah, Just Be Nice. Welcome to the Beyond 24 Days podcast with your host, Brooke and Ken. Beyond 24 Days is focused on healthier living by promoting whole and natural foods while supporting your local, responsible producers. You can follow us on social media at Beyond 24 Days, where we share our food ideas and recipes. And now your hosts, Brooke and Ken. And we're back. And uh, also, did you notice that it's kind of like fall outside, and it's also kind of like July at the same time? We're experiencing some fall weather with 90 degree heat. It didn't make for a very nice weekend getaway. We expected to take a hike on the Appalachian Trail um, in nice fall weather because the mm-hmm. last time we were in Harpers Ferry, West Virginia, it was about a million degrees. So we said, let's go back in the fall and hike. And Mother Nature decided to give us 90 degrees again. Yeah. She was like, I'm going to be a jerk. I'm going to get hot. And you're going to sweat. And we only packed pants. We packed pants because we were like, it's October. It's fall. Mm, we're not very smart people. It was a bad move. It was also very humid. I think that's what it was. It was just the humid. Because when there was a breeze blowing, it felt really nice. Otherwise, it was horrible. No, it wasn't. Anyway, where did we last leave off? I don't know. We are talking about sugar. We talked about sugar. Um, before we go too crazy, I'm reading another book. Well, I'll talk about my other book later, but I just started a book called The Salt Fix and how we are made to feel like salt is the is the evil white crystals when really it's sugar. I thought that was interesting. The author gives a bunch of statistics in the beginning about the evil of sugar. I thought that was interesting. I probably should have talked about that book last week instead of whatever running book I mean it last was. time. Last it was, time. It's been more than a week. Yeah, about that. Anyway, today's theme, don't be a jerk. Brooke, how did you come up with that theme? What sparked don't be a jerk? Um, I saw a cartoon on Pinterest, and it was basically bashing somebody's food choices. Because they were? Vegan. Right. So it just goes to show you that you can be hypercritical on both sides of the fence. Everybody typically sees vegans as the ones who are hypercritical. They're always there to school you. But we don't realize that negativity and meanness can come from both sides. And I feel that because Ken and I are flexitarians, we lie somewhere in the middle. We're not seen as vegans Mm -hmm. by vegans. Um, so we get the criticism that we still incorporate the meat into our diet well, one to two times a week. Well, that's the other thing too, is our, speaking of that, we have our Instagram followers. We fluctuate, I will lose 20 to 30 people after I post a meal that has meat in it because we're not vegan. And then we'll post a vegan meal and then we'll gain 50 or 60 followers. And then as soon as I post something that's not vegan, we lose them all again. And that's where... Like you were saying, or, or we said that offline, but being vegan or our food choices have become extremely taboo, almost to the point where it's like discussing religion and politics, mm-hmm. where people, oh, you're vegan? Oh, you're not vegan? And we even have friends that when they were posting food, people were like, I thought you said you were vegan. That's not vegan. 
and they tried to explain to them as well, well, you know, I'm not vegan. I just really enjoy all the recipes. Right. But anyway, back to what you're saying. Sorry. Sorry. Um, well, anyway, yeah. And like I said, so we, we get the criticism from the vegan community because we are still incorporating meat one or two times a week. But sometimes the criticism is far worse from the meat eaters because they don't understand how we can give up meat for five days out of the week and still survive. Right. Um, some of the harshest criti- crit- excuse me, criticism comes from non-vegans, non-flexitarians, and they have this stigma about vegans that, you know, you're judgy, you're condescending, but they don't realize that sometimes they're just as bad. Right. Um, well, it's like one a- joke that I've heard numerous times mm. is, how will you know someone's a vegan? Don't worry. They'll freaking tell you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, non-vegans are, are very quick to criticize and be mean as well. Well, it's the same thing when I tell people that I enjoy running. And I get the same thing. Well, that's bad for your knees. Well, okay, Your, thank your you. knees are going to be dead. Yeah. Knees are going to be dead in a oh, few years. Yeah, you're not going to be able to walk in a couple of years. It's just, I don't know. My, I guess the other thing, too, is everyone is very stuck in their ways. And an internet argument or even an argument, you're not, you can't change other people. It takes that person wanting to change in order to give up meat or give up. And that's, I guess that's our hangup is we're not trying to change anybody. We're not trying to convert people. And I feel like when you tell somebody that you are vegan or I, I don't eat meat, immediately those people are like trying to convert you. Well, you should eat meat. Where do you get your protein? You know, there's all these, you know, arguments, I guess, on both sides. And there's even, there can even be harsh criticism Um Within the vegan community as well, right. you're not eating the right things. Um, you're eating plant-based foods, but these plant-based foods are bad for the environment. So I could be drinking an almond milk beverage or I could be eating hearts of palm and I could still get criticism. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not an animal product, I can still get criticism for that. Um, well, there's that one hearts of palm. Yeah. Uh, we, had, we made a... a Plant-based. I think that's why um, Rich Roll, who is a plant-based athlete, uh, triathlete, all that, his big thing is he doesn't like to use the term vegan. He likes to use the term plant-based. And I think a lot of people try to get away from, because I I don't know, I guess vegan carries a um, A stigma. A stigma of, you know, you see like the memes of like a a triggered person who's like going off about, you know, not something not being vegan. I don't know. It's just. Well, such I a mean, weird, such a fickle thing to 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 want to argue about. And like I said, you you, you can't change somebody, right? Like and and being change. fickle. You can by the way, something. By the way, being fickle, um, you could also look at our diet. Yes, Ken and I don't eat meat five days out of the week here at home when I cook. However, on my part, that's just being lazy too, because meat does take. Some time to prepare. You don't prepare the meal. I know, but I like to. <laughs> I like to think that. You know, I like to think. Well, that, you like uh, to think. I, I mean, it meals. really doesn't. Actually, you should know by helping me do Sunday meals. The plant-based meals sometimes take the longest. They're very labor-intensive, but delicious. And the best tasting. Um, however, what I was going to say is, uh, we are also very fickle in the sense that those five days that we eat plant-based meals. 
we won't eat processed vegan products. Right. Um, we don't do tofu hot dogs or we don't do uh, meat, the, meat the fake bacon, yeah. the meat substitutes, the highly processed meat products, deli slices that really, it's well, just was... processed meat. And, you know, we watched the health benefits off the uh, Netflix documentary Forks Over Knives with mm-hmm. Rip Eshelstein. Uh, and we we like to try and follow his approach to a plant-based diet. So you'll notice that when I do make plant-based meals, they're typically out of vegetables, beans. Actual plants. Actual plant-based items. So Not disguised to be something else. And however... Like fake meats. When somebody tells me, oh, you really have to try this smoked um, bacon. It's not really bacon. I don't come out and say, we don't eat that because that's highly processed and you shouldn't eat things like that. I just nod and say, oh, okay, well, I'll note that. Yeah, you're a normal person. You do it I behind don't, closed doors. I don't want to hurt yourself. their feelings. And I don't want to make them seem that what they're eating is wrong. Because if they think it's right, then right. by golly, it's right for them. But us personally, we won't eat that. And I feel like that's just part of being Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, and then I, there's someone posted that meme during the one hurricane that was coming through. Uh, they posted a picture of like a vegan section in the, f- and it was like the refrigerated where all like the vegetables are. Where all the like, tofu was, like hot dogs and stuff. Yeah, were. and it was like all these fake vegan meats, and they were like, oh, you know, the hurricane's so bad, even vegans won't buy this food. And I comment, and I think I erased Somebody it. Somebody actually tagged us in it yeah, as a joke. Yeah, and I was like, you know, what's, what's funny is actually I don't think actual vegans would eat this stuff anyway. I, we're not vegan. I don't. I wouldn't eat that stuff. It doesn't. Something about fake meatballs or fake hot dogs just doesn't apply, you know. I actually can make my own meatballs. And if you follow along on Instagram, I've made several meatless meatballs. And mm-hmm. I don't feel like you have to buy the product. We made hot dogs ones. out of carrots which I got a lot of flack for, but let me tell you, <laughs> don't knock it until you tried it. But seriously, it was so good. But anyway, I think, you know, not trying to go too off course, but I think when it does come to, I mean, it's not just food, it's anything really, is to just be toler- tolerant, tolerant. tolerant of other people's choices and know that you can't change somebody. I, I don't care, you know, who you are. You're not going to be able to convince someone who's a vegan to eat meat. It's not going to happen. And vice versa, if you are vegan, know that you're not going to be able to change a meat eater's perspective Overnight. Yeah, you're not going yeah. to change that person to where they're going to want to not eat. It, it, it's going to take something serious on either end for someone to want to change. For Brooke and I, the serious change came after we watched, um, what was that? Engine two diet, That's uh, not forks what over knives. Oh yeah, forks over knives, and and also just being exposed to a couple of documentaries that really kind of hit us at a point where we were losing weight and we were trying to focus on eating healthier, and these documentaries just so happened to come to us at the right time when we were already in the process of sort of looking to change, and this gave us that extra right and boost. The documentary itself doesn't rely on the ethical value of changing to a plant-based diet. It's purely just health at that point. Health. I mean, you see 
dramatic body changes in people, uh, people who reversed their type 2 diabetes, people who, you know, mm-hmm. who suffered from high blood pressure and cholesterol, how much that helped, people getting off their medications. And I think that's what inspired us to drop the meat. And I will tell you this, when I did my summer challenge, I made it 50 days all summer without eating any meat at lunch and still sticking to our flexitarian diet. So I was really only eating Mm -hmm. meat legitimately two times a week. I felt great. I -hmm. felt amazing. Yeah. Well, sorry, I'm getting sidetracked, but I just immediately thought of when we were going through this transition. uh, The first book that I read was In Defense of Food by Michael Poland. And he talks about lean meats raised off of grass-fed, pasture-based diets. And I just couldn't, that kind of resonated with me. And then when we started watching these documentaries, it all started to kind of click. And when we do eat the vegan meals, and like Brooke said during her challenge, I, I feel like I just feel better. I don't know what it is. It, I, I just, I don't know. Something about whenever we have plant-based meals and whenever we have sort of consecutive back-to-back plant-based meals, I generally just feel better. And it's energy-wise and also um, not morally, but just I feel like I'm making the right choice when it comes to food because, let's face it, it it's like super easy to gain weight. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of that is the foods that we eat. And if you don't pay attention and you go for the quick and easy foods, that's when weight gain is quick and easy. And I feel like when we actually are paying attention to what we're eating and focusing on eating the healthier options, that's usually when I, I just I feel better and I feel like it just energizes me to keep making good choices. It's a slippery slope. It is. So I guess essentially what we're trying to say is just be nice. Yeah. It's not hard to be nice. In fact, that's probably the easiest thing to do is just be nice. Even, I mean, we disagree with people. I, I mean, but we don't. Um, we're normal people. We go home uh, on the car ride home. <laughs> we talk about it to each other. Brooke and I will, you know, air our grievances and we'll rant back and forth to one another. You, you do what normal people do. You talk about other people behind closed doors. And then when you see them, you're nice. <laughs> I feel like that's being disingenuous. Um, no, but just be a good person. It it applies to everything. And and I'm not just talking about diet. I'm talking about people's lifestyles. I'm talking about the way people choose to exercise. You know, like Ken said, people dog on him for running all the time. We've Mm -hmm. heard people who complain about people who do CrossFit. Oh, Uh, that's so bad for them. Right. You know, prime example, our daughter was talking about what other kids eat for lunch and kids are like the worst. There's a, a kid in our daughter's grade who she eats just vegetarian meals. And when she opens up her lunchbox, some of the other kids are like, Ugh, what is that? And our kid's the weirdo who's like, oh, actually looks pretty good. She always says how good that person's lunch yeah. looked. And the one time I made a broccoli soup and our daughter loved it so much. She asked if she could take the leftovers with her in a thermos to school the next day. Um, she opened it up and one of her classmates said, ew, what are you eating? That is disgusting. And she never wanted to take homemade soup to lunch again. So, see, that's the other thing. Stop raising kids who are jerks. <laughs> Teach your kids to be tolerant of other things, too. It'll trickle down. Just It'll be nice. Down. It's not hard. And 
Ooh, one more thing I feel people should be really nice about. Is, we could keep going all night. <laughs> I got a whole list. I'm talking right, more last, along the, last li- thing, more last along the okay. lines of health, fitness, exercise. Okay. One thing that gets me is, I'm just going to put this out here right now. All right. I'm human. We're all human. Mm-hmm. Ken and I have lost a significant amount of weight, but we're human. Sometimes you have, you know, a lull. Sometimes you want to indulge a little bit. And yes, our weight has been up and down, up and down, up and down. You know, we've we lost such a significant amount right away. Mm-hmm. Here's my piece of advice to you. If you have somebody in your life who has lost a significant amount of weight and maybe you notice that they're indulging or maybe have put on a few pounds. I feel like you're being very specific. <laughs> Don't don't tell them, you know, oh, what are you doing? You're going to ruin your diet. You're yeah, yeah, ruin yeah. Your diet. Yeah. What are you doing? You're ruining your hard work. Oh, you've put on a few pounds. That's kind of detrimental yeah. to, to somebody. You know, we're still trying. I'm probably we're more all human. I'm probably more hard on myself now. My biggest thing is I love running so much that it makes me hungry. <laughs> and then... I forget sometimes to run, but I still eat like I'm running as much as I should be. That's where it gets me. Slippery slope. It's just be nice. Just be nice. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think we've made that message clear. Why don't we take a quick break? We come back. We'll we'll do the usual. Do the usual thing. We'll talk about foods. Ken's book review. My books. Talk about running. And, oh, and uh, I think you wanted to share some oh yeah. running inspiration stories. I threw it out there on Instagrams, put it out there on the Facebooks, the social medias types. The peeps have given me some feedback. I'm going to read them out, call out some people. So if you're listening, shout outs are coming after the break. Stick with us. So we're going to get into Ken's book review, but before we get into it, I would just like to say that I found this book for Ken in the library. I pulled it out. He never heard of it before. I just read the synopsis and thought, this sounds like a fun book that I think you would enjoy. And the giggles from the other side of the couch as he's reading this book have brought me nothing but joy. Well, so it's called The $64 Tomato. How one man nearly lost his sanity, spent a fortune, and endured the uh, existential crisis in the quest for the perfect garden. Sorry, I can't read sometimes. And my phone, I'm trying to... Anyway, this book is hilarious because it pretty much sums up our experience with gardening. Did you say who wrote the book? Uh, It is by William Alexander. It's a funny funny story. I I chuckle because there's a lot of truth in it and a lot of relatable experiences. It's about this guy who buys this old farmhouse, three acres of land, and has these grand plans of building this wonderful garden. And how great is that? You can grow food for your family. You don't have to rely on the store for vegetables. (laughs) We do this every year to ourselves. We pick out all the special seeds, put it in the ground, and then nothing happens. Or we'll have an amazing crop and then beetles and bugs just take everything over. And I read this book and I chuckle because 
it's it's so relatable because I think about our own garden. We make these grand plans of having this garden, and you know, oh, we're going to save so much money by growing our own vegetables. And I I would probably venture to say we we spend a good over a hundred dollars every year on our garden to try to grow like five dollars worth of produce in the end. <laughs> so. Uh, but do you take that back? We had about seven hundred <laughs> zucchini true. this year. So I mean, it, it's so relatable, and I can't help but laugh because it it really is funny. And um, sometimes books aren't really that funny when I read them, especially about gardening. But especially about food and right. gardening, and it's it's a pretty funny funny take on home gardening and the trials and tribulations that some of us go through just just for just that one just to grow. perfect yeah. tomato. So this guy's book is really funny. It's called The $64 Tomato by William Alexander. Highly recommend it. It's a really funny book. Um, if you're into home gardening, this is a good book just to read and it's so relatable. I th- I've said that like a million times. <laughs> anyway, I took the Instagram and I think I-, I talked about this briefly on the last podcast. The problem with our schedule and not doing the podcast on a regular basis. I forget what we talked you, about. You did. Time. You mentioned it Ah, oh, man, I'm horrible. And, but you said you were going to wait to get a few more responses. Right. So one of the things that I, I wanted to know from the, the runners out there, by the way, this is the, the running segment of the podcast. If you don't run and you want to tune out, probably now's a good time. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. But for the, the runners out there and the Instagram followers that I have that do listen along, I, I posted in my story when everybody enjoyed running the most. What time of the day? Morning, noon, night. If I run first thing in the morning, it's done. I get it out of the way, and that's my running for the day. Sometimes I run over my lunch hour, which is fine, but I always feel like I'm trying to hurry back to the office to continue on the day and not spend the day running around. And if I run in the evening, it's really easy for me to say, you know what, I'm not feeling this. I'll just run tomorrow morning. And then the cycle starts all over again. So I posed the question, what time does everyone feel like running? Uh, user Skull Timber wrote, Morning, I prefer to get out of the way early. Which, like I said, I can relate 100%. <laughs> DJ Hugs 90, Mornings, but it's hard for me since I work at 5 a.m. It's a fresh start and you haven't got all the crap of... Oh, no. I uh, haven't got all the crap of the day going yet. So, like, again, like I said, you can kind of get caught up in the day um, when you're trying to make excuses not to run. And I did have another one in here. Uh... Mike Luddy, or like Muddy, responded with, at dawn, when you wake up just before you've eaten, fasted cardio. I do agree. Sometimes I run better on an empty stomach. Or, he writes, late at night after your kids are in bed because you're a busy man, Papa Moon. Thank you, Mike. I do agree. Sometimes it's, I don't know, I'm all over the place. I, I typically run in the mornings. I think that's kind of the the general census that I've come across on Instagram, and Facebook. Another thing that uh, I was curious, with fall being around the corner, when is everyone's favorite time to run? Uh, GNA35 Runner says fall. DJ Hugs 90, fall. Uh, let's see here. Not this fall. Not this is a 90-degree fall. Yeah, this fall's a liar. I, <laughs> I think I posted a screenshot on my Instagram the other day. It was 90 degrees, and that felt like 108 it was a lie. Mother Nature is lying to us. <laughs> um, one of the things, um, another question that I threw out there because everyone's experiences are different. Here in Amish country, we have a lot of Amish farms. And 
it's not uncommon for farms around here to have plenty of dogs. Sometimes the dogs like to give chase to runners, people on bikes. There is a road that I refuse to run down because I've seen a German Shepherd chase people on bikes. I've seen him chase after horse and buggies. He's chased after you. And he, he did. <laughs> he did chase after me when he was a very young puppy. And uh, I just chose not to run by that farm ever again, which is sad and funny at the same time. But I threw it out there. What's the worst thing that someone has come across? Uh, someone wrote a moose. <laughs> um, I'm going to butcher this. Amber Munier wrote, wasn't a bad experience, but a moose delayed my run back home. Belay Monkey wrote a bear. I don't know what I would do if I came across the bear. Um, it's funny. Our daughter actually commented and wrote nothing. I don't run. That's, <laughs> that's pretty funny. DJ Hugs 90 wrote geese. They are the devil. I did cross paths with a coyote once, but he just kept going. We had a similar experience. With our dog. With our dog. We, our dog was like freaking out. Didn't know what our dog was spazzing out about. Five seconds later, coyote right across the road. And at first we thought it was someone's dog. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. You didn't know what it was. I knew exactly what it was because I grew up in the mountains of Pennsylvania and I knew it was a coyote. You didn't quite believe me at first, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it looked like another dog. I just, you know what? It looks like a dog. Looks like a dog, walks like a dog, but it was coyote. And it wasn't until, actually, we came home, and I we, uh, the almighty Google Vortex, I started looking up YouTube videos of coyotes, and I'll be damned, that seriously was a coyote. I was right. Yes. Um, so, yeah, those are just some of the fun questions I throw out there. Uh, if you do follow Ken Stands on Things on Instagram, I occasionally do put up in my stories questions about running where I'm looking for... Your feedback on what it is that you enjoy about running or some silly tidbits that you'd like to share. Speaking of running, I am happy to announce that Honey Stinger and myself have partnered up for another year. So this will be my second year with Honey Stinger. Ooh, the hive. <clears throat> Feels good. So uh, shout out, hashtag HS Hive to all the Honey Stinger reps out there. It's a wonderful wonderful company i still have a ton of honey singer products that uh i swear by anyway sorry i was getting sidetracked there shameless plugs while we're on shameless plugs have i talked about feature socks <laughs> you know i love them socks looking for a little bit of ambassadorship you know what i'm saying features hit me up no okay this man when he can't find his feature socks i have a meltdown he's a meltdown i have like four pairs of them and i can only find one <laughs> I blame the dryer. It eats our socks. It's ridiculous. Mm. Um, but yeah, so uh, as far as running, I'm trying to work on some ambassador programs. I'm not really, I don't know. I'm not really into all of them. I know that I tried uh, with certain companies that just kind of, you know, I was rejected. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh. Honey Stinger was the first one, and I was like, heck yeah. But um if you are a runner and you do have a social media presence and would like to follow Ken Stands on Things, please give it a good old-fashioned like. And I typically follow people back. I don't like to do the Instagram game where I'll follow people and then I unfollow them just so that way I can retain followers. I like to, uh, I like to keep it real on social media. I like to interact with people. That's what makes the world go round. Mm. I like to be nice. Oh, and if you, uh, if you are one of our uh, listeners who follows the podcast mm -hmm. and you enjoy Ken's running banter. Yeah. Uh, I think the next time we do a podcast, 
you might get a special treat. He's got some new running shoes coming. Oh, yeah. I know you all love hearing about him talk about oh. shoes. Oh, well, yeah, let's back up here. So I started <laughs> this quest where I typically run about 60 to 70 miles a month. And I don't know why. I just feel like I need to up my game. So in August, I made it my goal to run 100 miles. And I didn't hit my goal. I exceeded it. I ran 110 miles. And so September was another three-digit month. I hit 101 miles. So we're on track for hitting 100 miles a month. The only downside is I'm burning through shoes faster than I would have anticipated. (laughs) Typically, a pair of running shoes, I guess they say five to 600 miles per shoe. Uh, At this rate, every six months, every five to six months, I'll be burning through shoes. So anyway... (laughs) Uh, I love Brooks running shoes. I have a favorite pair of Brooks launch series running shoes. I ordered some, and I also am trying the Brooks Ghost because I want to see maybe if that shoe is the same as the launch, maybe a little bit better. I don't know. I'm playing around with shoes, but so far Brooks has been – Brooks and Mizunos are like the two pair that I really enjoy the most. Um, anyway, talk about shoes forever if I wanted to. <laughs> I'm going to cut it right there. Um, there was one other thing that I want to talk about, and uh, my mind escapes me all of a sudden. Same lines of running about, where's my, sorry. You know what? I'm done. <laughs> Wrapping this up. Well, anyway, let's turn it over to Brooke. Brooke, what's cooking in the kitchen? Let's talk about some food from the past. Uh, I don't know how couple long it's weeks. been. A couple weeks. Well, before I get on to our, my favorite meals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some shameless food plugs myself. Okay, shameless plugs. Here we go. Uh, Just two of them. Two things that have been really tasty and I can't get enough of. Um, So if you, from the beginning of the podcast, you heard us talk about forks over knives. Uh, Rip Eshelstein was the creator of the Engine 2 diet. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whole Foods actually picked up a line of products of theirs. They're plant-based products, Hmm. uh, minimally processed, low in sugars. And I found a pumpkin and apple granola Mm. that uh, Ken and I have been eating in most of our, our, um, excuse me, coconut or almond yogurts lately. It is absolutely amazing. It's got some uh, raw... Pumpkin seeds in it. Pumpkin some seeds. Apple slices. Um, dehydrated apple. And again, the sugar content in that is extremely low, which mm-hmm. is one of the things that I like about their granola. And that's Engine 2 mm-hmm. diet uh, brand. Oh, what's funny is that in when you watch the Forks Over Knives documentary, Rip kind of rip, rip. Rip, rips into <laughs> a lot of these prepackaged and pre-made foods. So I find it somewhat... Ironic, a little bit humorous that Engine 2 is making their own prepackaged foods. Right, but that was the one thing I did check. I did flip it over to see what the sugar content was and the ingredients. Um, I can't urge you enough to... I know a lot of people hate grocery shopping. I am an anomaly. I love it. It's like a sport to me. Um, Some people like going to the mall. We like going to grocery stores. Whole Foods just opened up, and now a Wegmans is open, and we have yet to go there. And I am told that Wegmans is better than Whole Foods. I did not say that on the podcast. You didn't hear that here. Anyway, I digress. Um, Granola is one of those things I really urge you to flip over and read the package because the word granola is synonymous with health, and sometimes it is not. Sometimes there is so much added sugar in that granola 
Um, but this engine two is really low in sugar and it's delicious and it's pumpkin and it's fall. Hello. PSL club. <laughs> Although with granola, because granola on its own is kind of a dry and bland. Is that an oat? What is that? Grain? It, it's oats. So yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. What time is it? What a lot of granola companies do, not granola companies, but a lot of mixes you'll see have chocolates, sweets. They put sweets in there to try to like, Peanut you know, butter, almond butter, but it's not the good peanut butter. It's not the natural peanut say, butter. You better not be talking evil about peanut butter. That's like... No. That's like 20% of my body makeup is peanut butter. But we eat, we eat organic and natural peanut butters. Um, we stick true <laughs> to what we stick true to. Anyway... My second shameless plug goes to a more mainstream company, but something that made me jump for joy when I saw it. I'm going to give you a big thumbs up, Mott's Applesauce Company, Mm. um, because one of my biggest gripes is when you go to the grocery store, and I love applesauce, and I always buy unsweetened applesauce, and I would see the different flavors of applesauce, your blueberry and your mango and uh, cherry, whatever, And it was never unsweetened. It was always so full of sugar Mm. that it made me mad. You know, I couldn't enjoy these applesauces. Well, thank you, Mott's. Um, I was at the grocery store the other day, and I went to pick up my unsweetened applesauce, and I saw that they now make unsweetened flavored applesauces. I flipped it around. There's no added sugar. I saw the ingredients, and a blueberry applesauce is literally... Apples and pureed blueberries. Hmm, um, another thing you have to look out for when something says that it is something, it could turn out to be totally not that item. Blueberries. Ooh. Case in point. Blueberry muffins. Blueberry muffins. I knew blueberry it. waffles. There is not blueberries in that product. It's just artificial. Artificial. It's concoction of different concentrates and juices and to make coloring. it taste like food coloring. To make it taste like that and look like that. So thank you, Mott's, for making an unsweetened applesauce. The blueberry is delicious. Uh, my daughter, who doesn't really eat a whole lot of fruit, that's awful, I know. She's she's a vegetable person. They're, she's not an, uh, a fruit person. They're weird kids. I mean, <laughs> you know, love them She, death. she really yeah, enjoys weird. the cherry applesauce, and I did see that there was one more flavor. I can't remember if it was pear or mango. But here's my suggestion to you, Mots, because I know you're not really listening, but I'm just going to put it out there anyway. Out of our hundred, uh, what was it, 106 listeners, Mots <laughs> might, might be, somebody <laughs> from Mots may be in there. Please make an unsweetened cinnamon applesauce. Oh. Yeah. Please. PSL flavored? No, just no, cinnamon? just cinnamon. cinnamon apple? Just cinnamon. That seems like a pretty... You would think it would be something that you would be able to find, request. but... It, it's not, and I don't know why. I mean, I realize, yes, I could put it in my applesauce myself, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking more along the lines for my kids when I pack it in their lunches because they like cinnamon in their applesauce. I mean, who doesn't like cinnamon in their applesauce? What I kind of know. animal do you think these people are? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you know what? Oh, okay, good. I remember what I was going to say now. I we, probably should save that till later, huh? We moved past that I segment. know. It's not it's nothing to do with running at all. We're at, we're at what's cooking with Brooke. I know. We'll come back to this. All right. And I'm going to forget. All right. Um, I picked out six of my most favorite meals since the last time we did a podcast. Hmm. Uh, one of those is a meat 
meal, and the other five are plant-based meals. Lay it on me. What do you got? All right. Number one was our panko breaded tofu that was drizzled with a homemade barbecue sauce. The barbecue sauce had to be the best barbecue sauce I ever tasted. The recipe um, was on the Pinterest blog, and it, it was a barbecue sauce that I personally didn't think I was going to enjoy because it's like Latin with uh, crushed pepper flakes. I'm not into spicy foods, but it's slow simmered, and it was a make-your-nose-water kind of heat and not an overwhelming, oh my gosh, I can't eat this because it's so spicy heat. Mm-hmm. It was delicious. The I, I found a whole grain uh, panko. Yes. Yep. And it was amazing. The tofu was... Did you bake that? I tofu? baked it. Yes, it was we... not like a fried. It wasn't a it wasn't a pan fried or flash fried tofu. It was just a baked tofu. Yeah, I think we found the secret. When we would cook tofu, we would always try to do it on the skillet. And I feel like you get mixed results. Sometimes it's it's too oily. Yeah, or it absorbs too much oil. Yeah, so I think going forward, I think baking tofu is probably the better of the cooking options, if I might say so myself. It was just really good. Pretty good. And also, uh, I'm trying to think, what do we have with that? Was there couscous? There was was some couscous, couscous? and I did uh, a barbecue uh, roasted cauliflower with that. Keeping with the barbecue theme. Yeah. And I think we even saved some of the barbecue sauce, and you took it with something a few days later. Completely separate. Yep, with the lunch. And Alrighty. it was delicious. What do you got for number two? Uh, number two is something that sounds so super simple, but it was absolutely amazing. I made a vegan barbecue baked bean bowl. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it was just what it sounded like. It was. I made a pot of vegan baked beans. How many of these are barbecue, by the way? Uh, just this, just these two. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, I feel like we've had a lot of barbecue lately. I will tell you Not that I did deviate from the recipe that the person gave on the blog. I used a barbecue baked bean recipe that I used. It was the same recipe when we went to the 4th of July picnic at my mom's house mm. because I thought that recipe was delicious. So I did deviate from the blogger's recipe. Uh, but she pairs the bowl. You've got to make it your own. Yeah. Can't she, copy all the time. Yeah. She pairs the bowl with a vegan coleslaw mm-hmm. and vegan cornbread. So there was a slice of cornbread, uh, a scoop of coleslaw, and the beans. And we sort of crumbled the coleslaw up and mixed everything together. So the barbecue baked beans, the creaminess from the coleslaw, which, okay, another shameless plug is we love Hellman's vegan mayonnaise right which i think they renamed it is it like, it's like carefully carefully crafted carefully or, or or something like that but um it's so creamy mm-hmm. you really can't tell the difference and i what's funny is i hate mayonnaise but this uh veganaise veganaise converted me yeah, and it has it, nothing to do with the fact that it's vegan i, I think it just tastes better so simple simple meal 
beans, coleslaw, cornbread. It was just absolutely delicious. All right, what's the next barbecue item? If no you have more, no? no more barbecue. Okay, all right, sorry. Next one. What do you got? Number three. I did a broccoli white bean soup. So you cooked all your ingredients together in the pot, and then you you either use an immersion blender, or what in our case we swear by our NutriBullet. That poor thing is on its last leg. We've had that thing for years. It's my trusty kitchen appliance. Um. But it was delicious, and it was you got your creaminess. There was no milk in it. Mm-mm. There was no plant-based milk in it. The creaminess of the soup came from the white beans that's cooked in the soup, and then after you pureed everything, you had the thick, creamy texture from the beans. Mm. Uh, and the top of it, there was you know a spice blend, and then pumpkin seeds or sunflower seeds were on top. So it w- it was really good. My daughter is always begging me to make broccoli soups, so I'm always looking for dairy-free broccoli soups, and that just, she liked it. So it was a win for me. I'm I'm drawing a blank. I don't remember this broccoli. Is this in here? Oh, yeah, 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 the pumpkin. There you go. Bam, look at that. (laughs) Instagrams. That was only posted back on August 28th. If you're curious, look through our feed and dig a little bit. It's back there. It's there. Looks good. Thanks. Nice little ciabatta roll with it. Is that what that is? Yep. Uh, mm. Tonight's meal made my list. Oh, really? It did. Okay. I Because it's making my list because we did a Facebook poll through our Beyond 24 Days, you know, where anybody could ask us a question. Oh, right, yeah. And one of the questions was, what's one food that you don't like mm-hmm. or that you don't eat? And my answer was jackfruit. But I figured to myself, I'm going to give jackfruit one more try. So tonight for dinner, we had a jackfruit and potato stew. It's pretty good. I think my downfall from my last jackfruit experience was I just heated the jackfruit, shredded it, threw some barbecue sauce on top of it, and expected it to be like a pork barbecue sandwich. The recipe tonight... Had you stew the black, or excuse me, the jackfruit for 40 minutes in a spicy broth, mm. then shred it and add the potatoes and everything else. Uh, so while we were eating it, it looked like it had the appearance of shredded chicken and it had soaked in because the soup was just filled with smoked paprika. Good stuff, man. So it just kind of soaked all those spices in and it was amazing. And Ken, huh. you actually didn't realize that it was jackfruit. You I mean, thought it was chicken. I thought it was chicken at first. And you know what? I had to apologize on Instagram on the stories when we ask questions. Uh, you would think that they would save the answers, but they don't. They they erase. Like once you post them on your stories, I think you have like 24 hours mm-hmm. to collect it. So <laughs> I lost <laughs> lost all those answers that we had. Sorry right. about that. Anyway, uh, was that what up to number four? This is number five. Oh, this is number and five. And it's my last plant-based meal. And it was another simple meal. Uh, okay. I made a garden veggie chickpea salad. Mm. So this, uh, you know, it kind of resembled like an egg salad, sans the eggs. Yeah. We've and had this before, though, right? I, I made a buffalo chickpea salad. Okay. This one had onions. It had diced red peppers in it. And there was actually diced dill pickles, oh, which yeah. I think is mm-hmm. what gave it its really unique taste. Yep. There was tons of different spices and 
Um, there was something else in it, something unique. There was some apple cider vinegar mixed in there. Um, you did a layer of lettuce, a letter, layer of raw onions, tomatoes on top of some toasted whole grain bread. It was really delicious. And the side that I made with it that evening was also equally as delicious. I did a cinnamon and coconut sugar roasted white sweet potato fries. Consistently, or, um, I, had, I had them leftover, so they were a little interesting. <laughs> <laughs> they were really, delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> they don't microwave good, so let's just okay. Let's just throw that out there. But I will say that the ultra crispy ones that I had were phenomenal. Thank you. The, I mean, sweet potato. I mean, you had me at sweet potato. So. And were. my last meal that I want to talk about was my chicken. You said the last one was the last meal. So it was the last plant-based meal. Oh, okay. All right. What's this? Number so this, six. this is number, number six. six. And it's my meat meal. And it was a chicken udon bowl. And it was phenomenal. Uh, um, sorry, I was taking a, a drink of seltzer. But yes, <laughs> this was probably, whenever we do Chinese fake out, sometimes it's like hit or miss or you, know, you come close. This, I swear. Swear. It was delicious. It tasted like it came fresh, fresh, right from, do we have a Chinese restaurant in here? No, no, no. What, what is this? This isn't Chinese. What is this? Uh, we have one of those fusion restaurants near here, <laughs> and it tasted, I swear to you, this was like takeout. It was so good. The broth was, you made the broth by simmering an entire pound of mushrooms in uh, veggie or chicken broth. With tons of ginger. So that could have been mm. the appeal to it for you. No, uh, it was just the noodles and the chicken. Everything was just spot on. Spot on. It was like... It was just amazing. It was like we had that fusion restaurant come to our house. They made it right in our kitchen. And it didn't even have to be tough because nope. the recipe called for two cups of shredded chicken that day, I was like, oops, I forgot to take some chicken out to thaw. So I ran to the grocery store and I grabbed a rotisserie chicken, mm -hmm. which is always a lifesaver. If you have that temptation where you're like, oh, I forgot to take chicken out to thaw and you don't, all you need is cooked chicken, go to the grocery store and spend the five or six dollars and get a rotisserie chicken and make that clean meal for yourself. Yep. It's, it's probably, I mean, and it doesn't have to be just, and that's the other thing, if, if, if you pick up a rotisserie chicken, it doesn't have to be just boring rotisserie chicken. Dress that up. Put it in something. Make it yeah. unique. Make it your own. That's what we do. Do we have any other meals? Nope. That was the sixth meal. All right. So I remembered what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. So if you are listening to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google, I mentioned we're on Spotify, we are partnered up with Anchor. FM. Anchor.fm is where we host our podcasts, and Anchor.fm allows us to broadcast to more than just iTunes and Google Play. With Anchor.fm, we are broadcasted on all of your favorite podcasting hosting, or I don't know, podcasting feeds, whatever you want to call it. But the really cool thing is on the Anchor.fm app, if you download it for your phone, you can go in and you can like certain podcasts. You can give us a thumbs up. 
You can even ask questions and leave us a voicemail on the Anchor.fm app for us to go in and answer any questions you may have. So I would highly recommend downloading Anchor.fm if you search Anchor on your mobile device. I'm sure you will find it. But in here, you can listen to different podcasts. People, You can favorite ones. And like I said, you can leave us feedback. And I did mention we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Public Radio, Stitcher, and a whole slew of others. So, Oof. yeah, pretty cool. We weren't getting that. We were just hosting it alone on iTunes. So anyway... That's Anchor.fm. Download the Anchor app. You can interact with us, and we'll be happy to interact with you. Anyway, I'm blabbing. It's about that time. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. (laughs) Anyway, no uh, closing thoughts? Be nice. Be nice. Don't be a jerk. Be nice. Come on now. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's it. Short and sweet, as they always are. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you on the next one. Bye, guys. See ya. See ya.